and welcome to NSTA, The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director, and here today with Brooke Garcia. She's CEO of Four Seasons Transportation. She's been a previous guest on NSTA, The Bus Stop, and she just participated in a panel we had at our annual meeting and convention, Evolving Trends in Special Needs Transportation. So, Brooke, welcome back to NSTA, The Bus Stop. Good morning, Kirk. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Now, listen, my pleasure. And in the intro, I mentioned that you're CEO of Four Seasons Transportation. So if you can refresh the memories of the listeners, you know, just about your company. Yeah, absolutely. So Four Seasons is a school bus operator. We're located in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and we transport students living with disabilities. So that's all we do. We do no general education, but we are completely focused on special needs. Yeah. And you know what I've learned a whole lot about you as an individual based on, you know, our previous podcast webinars that we done, we've done. And then also this last session at the annual meeting and convention in Niagara Falls. And I think your personal journey in student transportation is fascinating. So for the listeners, can you just highlight that personal evolution in student transportation for us? Yeah. So you know, I uh, I was not someone who was raised in the school bus industry. This is not a Four Seasons is not a family run business, so it's not something that I took over from a generational business. So I kind of actually just stumbled upon Four Seasons, and you know, back in the day when there was five drivers, I signed up as a driver and learned everything about the business. Eventually, buying into it, and then from the original founder, and then taking it over years later, I learned, came up the ranks, learned everything about the business, and you know this. Interesting thing about the evolution for me was that this business, which was a good business, you know, it's a government contract, it's it's doing serving a good purpose, but it also aligned perfectly with me on a personal side. Uh, you know, having a sibling with a disability was important for me to, in a industry that I felt had more purpose than just, you know, coming to and from work, but rather affecting the lives of people. So, you know, I've just really fallen in love with this industry we're in. The people are fantastic. Um, the kids we transport are life-changing. And, and you know, I get to go to work every day and feel fulfilled, come home, um, even on the most challenging of days, you know, you're making a difference in the lives of students. So that's been pretty neat. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you go through your personal evolution, I just think it's uncanny because if, if there was not student transportation, say, we, we didn't know of that, and then Brooke Garcia is looking for a career. It's like we would invent this because it's almost like a perfect fit for you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Eh? I know I feel that way now. And, and people say that about me now. I mean, I always wanted to do something. Um, you know, I, my father would tell everybody that I was always a, a thoroughbred horse with a bit in its mouth. You know, I never took no for an option <laughs> even as a little girl, you know. I challenged everything. I asked why. I asked, how do you do it? You know, why do you do it that way? And, you know, I think for me, I, in an industry that can be quite, you know, in some cases, unfortunately, we don't, certain parts, you know, we don't put a lot of innovation into or thought into or, or change and evolve, you know, uh, thankfully, you know, this organization, NSDA is doing exactly that. And that was a perfect fit for me to be involved with NSDA. But, you know, the industry as a whole, I found interesting because I found it was such a important part of our part of our economy and part of our world that happens every single day and no one even notices about. But there's so much uh, that goes into it and there's so much 
that can be continued to be improved. And yeah, it was just super exciting for me. What most people find is, you know, school busing. Why would you do school busing? I found it like super intriguing. <laughs> yeah. And I think that curiosity comes out in, in a good way. Now, speaking of challenges, let, let's start at a point because you, you know, mentioned that you're getting back to school up in Calgary now. So let's start there. What are your observations about the driver, the driver shortage, as we call it now, and how it affects the industry? Yeah, I mean, th- this has been hard. You know, even before COVID, we spoke about driver shortages and how do you attract good talent to want to come in to be a driver, right? So that's always been a challenge. You know, we, I'm definitely noticing it. I think this year, in certain parts of where we're transporting, depending on the contract, we're definitely seeing it's recovering from last year. But generally speaking, it's still tight. You know, we still have people that would rather you know, stay home if they don't need to. We've we've noticed a lot of people have retired early. So depending on the demographic and the the age bracket you're recruiting, you know, you either have parents that are young parents that are nervous still and they're staying home with their children. You have retirees that maybe were on the cusp of retirement and have they chosen to stop working a part-time job because the risk is too high. And then overall, we I've just seen a major shift in people's mindset about returning to work. Unfortunately, there's been a general shift that there's a lack of uh, accountability and responsibility to actually show up nowadays. You know, on any given day, we can have 10 to 15% of our driver pool calling in sick, which is unheard of in our world because, you know, normally you have a deep level of responsibility and you feel very responsible to get these kids to school. But what we're seeing is especially, I mean, I I wouldn't say this with existing drivers, but maybe more so with newer drivers that you know, they just don't have that same connection to our industry. They don't feel that same responsibility. And it's easier just to get out of work now. You know, we've spent the last two years being able to call in sick and no one challenges that. And now we need to shift that mindset back to, you know, the world's open. Kids need to get to school. Education has to happen. And people need to get to work. So that's, um, you know, we definitely are seeing a driver shortage big time over here still. But, and I think we will continue to see that until we have this shift in mindset back to, not necessarily back to the way we were, I'm not saying that, but rather a balance of, you know, contributing and then also, you know, taking time when you need to. I mean, people get sick, that's expected, but there's definitely, we've definitely seen a shift in uh, overall mindset when it comes to working. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you completely. It's, it's, you know, you know, you, I think we've, we found that folks are taking a longer look at their personal priorities which is which is fine that's that's perfectly mm-hmm. understandable but there there is a larger picture at work here and that's kind of the community responsibility that i think you know school bus drivers are part of that fabric and and kind of, and really have to look at it in terms of their actions affecting a whole lot of young people and the development of those young people what do you think mm-hmm. oh 100 percent um you know i tell I tell this to all of my staff, you know, we have to remove just from a driver. There's no such thing as just a driver, a just a bus attendant, a bus attendant. You know, without these people, children would not be getting access to education. Parents would not be able to work and earn an income. This is such an important job. What is more important than our future? You know, and we, we're so fortunate to be able to be part of that, be part of a process that happens day in and day out without people even thinking about these kiddos get to school. And that's like, you know, bus drivers, bus attendants, these people are unsung heroes. They put in, uh, you know, they have to deal with a lot of 
challenging behavior, with cold mornings, with hot afternoons, with kids being upset. You know, we have to deal with a lot of changes, um, traffic, you know, things are thrown at you, you know, different challenges and things like that. And, you know, we just need to change the stigma around a driver. It is such an important role in um, today's society, especially with children, getting out there, getting educated, getting access to programs, being in sports. Um, bus drivers are critical. Right. And that that has to change. We have to start talking about bus drivers as much more of with pride, with with knowing that this is we are contributing towards a bigger picture than ourselves and removing that stigma around, you know, some people are embarrassed to say they drive a bus. There's nothing embarrassing about driving a bus. And Absolutely. that is part of, you know, we have to change that as an industry and we have to change that as, as a group of people and parents need to change that. You know, we all do. We all need to start speaking much higher of people that are, um, are supporting our children in their success of being a, a functioning uh, adult. Yeah, for sure. These are un- unsung heroes that, you know, as you mentioned, really add to, you know, one of the things I, you know, mention in our advocacy efforts is that the student transportation realm is part of the overall educational experience. So you can't parse it out and say, okay, well, that's just home to school and, and back again. It's, it's part of that fabric, you know, of, of the regular, you know, educational experience that, that our young people have, and it's got to be viewed through that prism. Otherwise, to, you know, to your point, then we just, you know, peel apart, you know, things and, and one area is not as important as the next area, unless we look at it all together as one kind of continuum, you know, that would happen, which I think is, is really, you know, what you're saying, and I couldn't agree more. I think at AMC, you mentioned that you have, if I have this number correct, 93% driver retention rate is that accurate yeah that is accurate you know you know we do i mean i'm almost i'm almost shy to talk about that rate because i feel bad mm-hmm. i know so many contractors are struggling you know i uh, the caveat to that would be after 30 days and i think any any contractor should always remove their first 30 days from their numbers because right. it's unreal right. the amount of people coming and going in those first 30 days yeah. in a while yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we have an incredibly strong retention rate, and that is not by chance. That's not a coincidence yeah. or or, not or an or accident. No, yeah. no, exactly. That's definitely intentional. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a strong. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny thing to be talking about right now, going into back to school. I'm hoping those numbers are still aligning right now as we start on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed, right? But I think one thing that that is the takeaway that your program at AMC, although you did specifically focus on special needs transportation, I do think there are takeaways that apply regardless of whether you're with gen ed or special need drivers. Mm-hmm. What what are some of the things that that you do in developing a corporate, you know, culture that that folks can take away regardless of whether they are transporting special needs students or gen eds. You know, I always think about corporate culture as, you know, in, in someone's day, you know, when we go to work, you know, we're at work by say 7.30 to 5.30 in school busing, maybe a little earlier, maybe a little later. I'm spending more time with my colleagues than I am with my family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I was creating an environment that I wanted to be. I want to, I want to create an environment people want to show up to, that drivers come in to have coffee with us, even though we, they don't need to in between their, their bus routes, you know, creating a space that felt safe and inclusive and, uh, you know, somewhere they wanted to be. So, you know, for us at Four Seasons, yeah, regardless if it's general, if it's 
typical kiddos or children living with disabilities. It doesn't matter. Children are children. Employees are people are people. We all want to be heard, seen, and valued. And because of that, when an employer creates an environment that's inclusive and it's diverse and it's safe and they feel psychological safety, a place where they enjoy spending time, you're going to retain people. You know, we as humans have very basic needs. And one of our most basic needs is psychological safety. And that's, you know, making a wellness phone call to your driver two weeks in after they started, you know, it could be a challenging route. Or if it's typical kiddos, you know, it's a longer route. And, you know, you've had a hard time retaining a driver on that. You know, make that phone call. You know, we have our HR team is constantly on the lookout. We have a a system where our drivers let each other know and they let the office know, you know, so-and-so is having a rough time. You know, maybe their father passed away. We make a wellness call. We send a we send a basket to them. You know, we we send a little basket with some food in it, some stuff. Care and then, or we go further than that. You know, if we know somebody, you know, maybe their husband lost their job, we send a care package, a couple hundred dollars in gift cards to Walmart. You know, some pre-made meals from Costco. We try to you know take care of them in the times when they feel forgotten. I think that's super important. These people are not doing this job solely for finances. If they were, they right. wouldn't be. Um, right. They're doing this because they care about this industry and they care about these children. And because of that, they don't want to be forgotten about, you know, so we have to acknowledge them. And, um, you know, maybe that is with monthly draws for attendance or monthly draws for finishing optional training. You know, at Four Seasons, we bring in all of our staff. We have different teams come in, different school teams, right? Some of our teams are larger. So we'll, we'll put on workshops with a local organization like the Schizophrenia Society or Autism Alberta. We'll bring them in. They'll speak to our teams. We'll have a lunch together. And that's just a great opportunity for us to get some face-to-face and see what's going on, what's going good, what could use some improvement. And then, um, you know, just get some time with them where they feel, okay, this is why I'm doing this. I'm not alone out there, you know, <laughs> in right. the bus every morning on my own. So, Yeah, no, it's, it's critical. You're absolutely right. I'm going to go a little bit off script here. And it's something that's a curiosity for me. But you're, you know, I'm a one-off, you know, I get the experience of, you know, all the NSTA members and, you know, I process the information, but you guys are on the front lines. Is there any quality when, when you're talking about candidates and the only way that I see to, to fix the bus driver shortage is to get new drivers, people who aren't drivers right now into that funnel. So how, how do we do that? And I guess my question for you, Brooke, is... Do you see a quality when you bring um, somebody not affiliated with the industry in for an interview? Is there a personal quality that you see that triggers something in your mind that says, this person can be a successful candidate for me? Mm-hmm. You're 100% right, Kurt. It has to be about bringing in people that are not previously licensed. We Actually, majority of our people are not licensed when they come to us. And you're, it, yeah, you know, the answer to that question is we bring in compassionate individuals. You know, you bring in people that care about their community. They care about these children. They care about taking care of their bus. They care about learning more, continuing this education. You know, compassionate people that come in. They don't have some laundry list of expectations like a senior driver potentially, <laughs> you know, coming from a different company and they, they think they're so amazing and we're so lucky to have them because they're from another company and they're licensed. No, these right. people come yeah. in and they, they're, they're there to learn. They're compassionate. They care about the community. They care about the kids. And another one big time is adaptability. And we see that in our training. We put them through challenging 
situations. We put them through, you know, you have these conversations, these workshops where you talk about things and the drivers that are adaptable and able to roll with, roll with the changes and, you know, quickly change, you know, this address change, that address change is a new time. Right. You know, you're picking up a new kiddo. Those people are successful because they just realize that's the nature of the beast, you know, and at the end of the day, because that's in them, you know, and I say this to people all the time, you know, you can, you can train someone how to drive a bus, but you can't train them to care about kids. Like that is right. in yeah. you as a human. And those are the people we need to be bringing into this industry. Those are the people that um, change the lives of children. And, you know, we say, you know, per- further to your previous point about we're part of the education system and we may only spend an hour a day in a bus, but I can guarantee you that every single, there is a kid on every single bus out there. If they have a good bus driver, will tell you the best part of their day is driving that bus to and from school. And, you know, that, that's, that's impactful and that's powerful. So those are the people you want to recruit, those that are wanting to make an impact. And, and it doesn't even have to be someone who knows they are. <laughs> Just a lovely smile, right. someone who has a great, a great spirit about them, a nice energy. They're calm. They're, they're, they're silly. You know, they, they just enjoy coming into the office and having a coffee. Those are the people you want around. No, absolutely. And such, you know, great, you know, content that we've had on this podcast. One other question, and time's running short, but I figure I'd get this one in. Is the bus driver shortage, that whole climate, is it similar in Canada to what you've seen expressed as far as the shortage in the United States? Based on conversations with colleagues, especially just recently on our last at our last meeting there, um, it's definitely worse in certain parts of the states. I think there's some spots in the states that are comparable. It's you know, where we're seeing the biggest challenge with driver shortage is where the overall unemployment rate is very low. So traditionally, if you have a high unemployment, you're going to get people that are attracted to this kind of work, right? Frontline work and bus driving is one of them. You know, generally speaking, Canada has a lower, oh, sorry, a different unemployment rate depending on where we're looking at. I've, so from what I've heard and what on the research I've done, you know, it, it really does vary state to state. Even, I mean, some of our states are completely comparable to Canada, but there's others that are having a really hard time. But overall, I would say that definitely America is in, uh, has a, a larger bus driver shortage than Canada does at this time. Yeah. That's mm, interesting. Wow. A lot of great content, Brooke. Folks want to learn more about Four Seasons. Where can they go to get that information? You know, we're connected pretty much everywhere. <laughs> that's not by choice. That's that's my marketing team telling me we need to do that. But anyway, <laughs> but our website would be the best. Four Seasons, number four, seasonstransport.com. Perfect. Once again, our guest at NSDA, The Bus Stop, Brooke Garcia, CEO, Four Seasons Transportation, and a panelist on Evolving Trends in Special Needs Transportation at our recently concluded annual meeting convention in Niagara Falls. So, Brooke, Great, as always, to speak with you. Thanks for joining us on NSTA The Bus Stop, and I wish you well in your back-to-school period. Wonderful. Thank you, Kurt. I really appreciate you having me.